Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. Are we there? Now, you should always come to church with your Bible, either on your phone or a physical Bible. Or you can borrow your grandmother's Bible. Grandparents always have different kinds of Bible. So, just borrow one. Amen. Amen. Okay. It said, once you were dead because of your disobedience. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, verse 2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in their sin world. He is a spirit at work in the act of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Somebody say rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. That's fine. That even though you were dead because of our sins, it gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been what? Say loud and clear. You've been what? Saved. Saved. Verse 6. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7. So God can point us in all God can point to us in all future ages as example of the incredible wealth of his what? Grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now verse 8. God saved us by his grace when you believed. And you can take credit for this. It is the gift of God. Verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Now verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us along. How long? How long? Let's say it out loud. How long? Amen. Now give me Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 19. Ephesians 3 14 to 19. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he would empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. 17. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 18. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep is love is. 19. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from where? That comes from where? Okay. 
Let me start by defining the incomparable riches of his grace. Because we saw it in the first scripture that we read. Grace can, God's grace, in actual fact, can simply be defined as the life, power, and righteousness of God. It's in your Bible. It's in the scripture you read. That's the life of God. That's the power of God. That's the righteousness of God. That's why everybody says we're saved by grace. Oh, thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. You're simply identifying yourself with the life, with the power, and the righteousness of God. But in simple terms, take this home. Take this to the bank. In simple terms, God's grace simply means the capacity of God. Peter, you first said, is the life power and righteousness of God. Now, life is power. Power itself is like source, your strength. Now, righteousness, that's your personality. So, God's grace simply can be defined as the capacity of what? Of God. Because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, it says, let's put Ephesians 2, verse 6 to 7. I want to show you something. Just to broaches the point that is that's the capacity of God. He said, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7. So that God can point to all of us future ages as example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. Can we have it in NIV? Can we have it in another translation? It makes it makes this point very, very easy to understand. Do we have NIV? Okay. Amazing. It's showing you guys message. I show me NIV. Do you guys want NIV? No, let's swap. Give them NIV. Give me message. So that then I'll come and stay here. Can we do that? Okay, let me just read it for you in NIV. It says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus and the other that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So now if I'm saying that God's grace is the capacity of God, then I am going to decode that scripture in this very simple way. That and God raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show us his capacity. That's why the scripture said earlier that he's praying that you'll be rooted to understand the love of God. How wide, how high, how deep. And he also made us understand that this love of God cannot be fully understood. So, growing in this capacity, understanding that God's grace is his capacity, we are praying within ourselves that we have a full grasp of this capacity. You see? In order that in the coming ages, he might show you the capacity of God expressed in his kindness. This kindness here can also be tagged as love. To us, in where? In Christ Jesus. That's why Ephesians 2.8 says, For we were saved by what? By grace. 
Now remove that word grace and replace it with capacity. You were saved by his capacity. You were saved by what? His capacity. Listen, no preacher can save you. No, um, the, the best preacher with the best sermon cannot save you. There has to be a conviction. The conviction did not come from the preacher. The conviction came from the word that you heard. Now, the word that you heard is not the preacher's word. It's the master's word. So, God's capacity fully is the best expression of his grace. So, therefore, we can say that we are saved by God's capacity. We are renewed by God's capacity. We are refired by God's capacity. We were redeemed by God's capacity. Our spirituality is on God's capacity. In actual sense, you cannot even function spiritually without God's capacity. That's why the scripture says you can speak in tongues and if you don't have love, everything is vain. Listen, love is not the... This kind of love is just... I, 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 I'm trying to look for a very good way to describe it. But let me put it this way. How do you explain a love to someone that you've never seen? Are you with me this morning? How do you explain a, the love you have for someone that you've never seen? Now, if you've seen the person, it's... A, it's to be honest with you, if Jesus really looked like that picture that they hang at Mokola with the crown, some of our women will not even in any way fall in love. That's the truth. There is nothing handsome about that picture. There is nothing. There is nothing. But thank God Jesus doesn't look like that. Now, I've never seen him, but I love him. You've never seen him, but you love him. Sometimes you are in his presence, you are in tears. Sometimes you are in his presence, you can't control it. Something just tells you that he has your back. Someone that you've never seen having your back. That's what we're talking about. It's capacity. You cannot function spiritually without God's capacity. That's why the scripture says, let the weak say what? I'm strong. The truth of the matter is that you're weak. Then somebody that you cannot see is telling you to say that you are strong. And the moment you say you're strong, the weakness leaves. Now, I'm not talking about weakness in terms of health. I'm talking about weakness in terms of your capacity. If it's weakness in terms of strength, I don't need to tell you to say you're strong. I'll tell you take Panadol. I'll tell you, go to the hospital. You'll get better. I'll tell you, get some rest. Now, he's saying, let the weak. Now, listen, that scripture is not for health purpose. It's a destiny model. Let me put it that way. Let me put it that way. Because if someone says, oh, pastor, no, that scripture, let the weak say I'm strong. It's for someone that is sick. Okay, have you forgotten that the scripture also says, let he that is sick go to the church so that the elders can lay hands on them? So it's not for health. It's for spiritual capacity. It's for, it's, 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 it's for, it's for spiritual strength. It's for destiny-wise. It's for you fulfilling your purpose. He said, let the weak say that I am strong. Because your real capacity, your real person, your real personality, your real strength, you're actually weak. You cannot achieve anything by 
yourself. Let no man put trust in their own strength. You can't. You can't. But the moment you embrace his capacity, God's grace, you move from the state of weakness to the state of strength. Now, you know the amazing thing about that capacity and this God's grace we're talking about? You really cannot define where that strength came from. You just realize that you began to do the things that you could not do. The very first time that I raised up my hands and laid my hands on someone and I saw the person fall, I had to tell them to go bring the person afterwards of the program and I asked the person, what actually made you fall? Did I push you? Or you just felt it's natural that once a man of God puts hands on you, you must just fall. Now, some people have that belief that once he, so as not to embarrass his spiritual position, let me just fall. You understand? Now, to make it worse, my brother used to crack this joke with me. My brother is like, why is it that when pastors want to lay hands on people, they first communicate with the person in the ear? <laughs> you see the pastor like, bam, and the person falls. So my brother asked me, did he, was he telling him to fall? <laughs> I said, no. Many of the times he's probably asking a question. Many of the times he's probably strengthening the person with words of uh, encouragement. So I had to ask the person, I said, what made you fall? Like, my hand is not hard. It's not like my hand was hard, you know. And the person said, the moment you lay hands on me, I just felt like something leaving me. Like it was on the inside. I just felt like something leaving me. Then my real strength could not hold myself anymore. Then I went down. How many of you can bear witness with that? That's the way it feels. That's the way it feels. Because me, Peter, I've gone for a lot of programs. As powerful as the man of God is. Something just tell me, Baba, come to my side now. Come to my side. Just lay hands on me. I want to fall. I want to fall. That's just to let you know that the, the, the real strength of that person gave way for the supernatural strength to come in. Because you realize that the moment the person comes up, ingenuity, the person begins to do the things they could not do before. And that's why it says, let the poor say that I'm what? I am rich. It's not that money came. It's just that there was a shift of environment, a shift of mentality. It's not that money came. But you just realize that I need to put away myself from doing these things and move into doing these things. That's why the scripture says, I will put away childish things. That's what he meant. That's what he meant there. Let the poor say that I am rich. It's not that somebody came to give you money. It's just that light came on you. Light came on what? Light came on you. Then you realize that I'm actually not poor. I'm actually not poor. I'm actually not broke. The wealth of the Lord is on the inside of me. He has called us into common wealth. So if you're still living in poverty, it's because you chose that as your address. Now, if you look at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, now I'm getting into the teaching proper. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Can we have it up, media? Now, see what the scripture says. What did he say? It said, come now, let us do what? Let's say it out like that. Let us do what? Let us reason together. 
That's a privilege you should never take for granted. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, come, let's reason together. You, this weak vessel, let's reason together. Listen, the moment a rich man invites you to his house, you cannot leave that place empty-handed. You leave that place empty-handed is because you went there gossiping. No matter how stingy the rich man can be, he will give you transport fare. He will give you the fact of life you have not taken in two years. You will sit on a chair that you never know the next time you sit on that chair. You can't. You can't. He says, come, let us reason together. Was it a man that said it? Let's be together. Was it a man that said it? Was it a king that said it? Was it a passerby that said it? Was it an any other person that said it? No. It's the Lord. Let us reason together. Though your sins are like what? And weak. No doubt about it. I'm broken. I'm hot. I'm sick. I'm down. I came from a terrible background. It says, let us do what? Reason together. That's why I said you leave a rich man's house empty-handed. It's because you went there to mess up. If you go by the protocols of being around wealthy people, they have no choice but to almost bring you up to their level. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be what? As white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like what? Now, I love that caption so much. Thank you for giving me an IV. It says, come now. Let us do what? Let us reason together. Another translation says, let us settle this matter. I think that's an that's a easy-to-read version. It says, let us settle this matter. To be honest with you, your weakness is a matter on its own. Your family is, that one is a terrible matter. All the relationships you have been in, that one is a compound matter. Your thoughts on its own, that one is an incredible matter. Because if God gives all of us spiritual capacity and we start, the screen starts displaying the thoughts of some people in this place, you'll be amazed that the person you are sitting close to considers you as the best candidate for ritual if he ever has the choice to. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, I'm just telling you. Just telling you. Somebody is looking at you and saying, ah! I want to break somebody's heart. Is this girl? Is this girl? She go fit. She go cry. Where, where? He says, come. Another says, he says, let's argue this out. So God is giving you a platform. He said, let me hear what you have to say. Say your own. Say your own. And let me tell you what it is. God, I'm weak. Today I speak in tongues. Tomorrow I'm in the brothel. Today I speak in tongues. Tomorrow I'm duping people. Today I speak. If I, Holy Spirit, as pastor is talking right now, I'm just looking at how whose bag I can. Is it, you know, like a lot of thoughts. He says, let us reason together. Some folks have never thought anything good about themselves. He says, let's reason together. Now, why is he saying let's reason together? What is he talking about? He's talking about your standpoint. What did I say? He's talking about your standpoint. Another way to describe it, he's talking about your perspective. Can I be honest with you? 
Now, don't, don't quote me wrong for what I'm about to say, but I'm just going to be as honest as I can. Salvation doesn't change your character. Are we together this morning? Are Peter, what are you talking about? No, I thought that once you give your life to Christ, you will stop that ikmanle. You won't stop it. You won't stop it. How do I know you will not stop? We can practicalize it. Come out and give your life to Christ today. Then just go to challenge. Drive. Or not even challenge. Challenge is even too... too. Now, challenge is becoming too now. Enter the interior part of Ibadan. Burial, Jabba, Oje. Now don't go with Mikra. Go with Venza. That you bought with your money. And drive there. And let one guy, because of 20 naira beat his hand on your bonnet and even while inside the car with your window rolled up with you listening to talk well a bit loud and clear you heard that this car went down and came up nobody will teach you you put the car back you will come out you will face the person there's somebody who just be beside you and say well you just gave your life to God say leave that one it's the truth salvation doesn't change character it doesn't. So, Peter, what changes character? The more you grow in the space of salvation, the more you realize the things you need to put aside. The more you realize the things that you need to re renew, the things that you need to re-update. Many, many of the times, many of the times, you, you, you see that God invests, invests so much grace into those that have a huge, terrible past. Yeah. You will invest so much grace into them. Just like this very popular comedian in the battle, our studio has relocated to Lagos. He said, e legit. That's, that's exactly what God does. You realize that this is the guy that I know that will do anything to bring somebody down and you realize that he's the one that has the sweetest message. The very first time I heard about the character default of Pastor Chris, I said, Jesus. Pastor Chris said, I mean, if you know that Pastor Chris is not that tall. Pastor Chris is not that tall. He's probably maybe my shoulder height here or something. Now, Pastor Chris said when he was in primary school, secondary school, he said the thing just was reduced when he was in university. He said when he was in secondary school, he said you can't touch him. How many of those short people are wicked? He said you can't touch him. Now Pastor Chris said one very day this guy this guy was bullying him, doing so much stuff. And Pastor Chris just said, guy, you don't they bully people for this school, it's not me. And he said he just came to that school. That was a new school. They just that they Pastor Chris used to change school. They would put me from say, mm, you're not going to challenge high school again. Go to Adelio High School. Mm -mm, you are done here. Go to Idaria High School. So his parents were changing his school. So he got to this very new school for the very first time. So he noticed that this guy don't they bully people. So he was waiting. I know the funny thing about wicked people. They will never come and correct you. They're just waiting for the day you do it to them. So that they can show you their true color. They're just waiting. In fact, intentionally, a short man will see where they are fighting. And he will walk in there. To go and try and settle a fight they never invited you for. Because he just wants to throw a blow. So he said he was waiting for that guy. That guy showed up. And bullied him. Pastor Chris said he did not know how he went to his locker. Looked for pencil. Looked for barrel. Now, this was the part where I knew that, ha, short people have this kind of character. He said he pursued that guy out of the school. They got to a stream. As he saw the guy jump 
to cross the stream. Pastor Chris said he didn't even know where his strength came from, as short as he was. He said he jumped the stream with the guy to the point that he said this was around this side. That was what he described it for us in, in, in that summer. He said he stabbed the guy towards the side of his high. And he said, was after it was done, he felt relieved, saying, Yes, I've achieved my purpose. Now, comparing, uh, let, let, let me put the question this way. Can you imagine watching Atmosphere of Miracle and that guy with that mark on his face? <laughs> now sees Pastor Chris doing, you're healed. You're healed. I know there's one amazing thing he does. I think he's, he's just one of those people that lighted our eyes to expression of love of state. When Pastor Chris is done praying for you and you receive your healing, he will hold you tight. I love you. Ha! So imagine that guy watching. Then his child is beside him. He said, Daddy, I just love this man of God. <laughs> you know, the first thing the father would do is first touch that place and say, ah, ah. Is it the same man that did this thing to me? Now, do you want to blame God? No. But that's just how we operate. That's just how we operate. Your standpoint determines your exposition. Your perspective determines your exposition. Where you stand determines the things you are exposed to. That's why Paul said to them in the Ephesians, he said, I pray that you be rooted. Because if you are not rooted, you cannot understand the dimension of his love. You can't even understand the dimension of his love in church. The church is filled with too many sick people pretending to be healed. Even the pastor standing in front of you here to is sick. How do I know this? Let these media guys mess up. Now you see the other side of me. And you'll be sure, ah, but pastor, you are preaching smoothly now. How come you just give them that terrible look? They understand my look by now. Pretense. You have to be rooted in, the, in it so that you can understand this dimension of love. How do you get rooted? That's what we're talking about, studying of the Word of God. But that's not even of the debate for today. Now, your standpoint determines your reality. Your standpoint determines your what? Reality. Your reality. Your reality. Your standpoint determines your reality. That's why the scripture said in Isaiah 118, it said, come, let's reason together. Because he has come to realize that the only reason why things are not working well for you is not because he has not done so much for you. It's because of where you're standing. How dare me tell the Messiah that I'm waiting for an angel to come and stir the pool of the water when the person that can heal me is standing beside me. Now go back and read that scripture very well. Read it in the original translation. Nah, nah. nah someone, someone, yeah, read it on the instruction. Let me put it that way. You realize that there was never an angel coming to stir in any pool of any water. It was just the people there with those kind of ailments, those kind of cases and casualty. They just assumed that once somebody drops into the water and comes out, he receives his healing. That was what made that man stay there for that long. Because if you heard what the man said to Jesus, he said, once the angel comes to stir the pool, the first person that goes in there, receives the healing. Are you telling me this is an angel of one touch? That once you stare. No, no, that, that, that makes, that leads me to ask a question. If we say the Spirit of the Lord is here, then only one person can testify 
Sir, let's go back and check. It was actually not the Spirit of the Lord. Because if the Spirit of the Lord is in a place, every single person will feel it. What did I say? Every single person will feel it. Every single person. Every single person will feel it. Every single person will feel it. Your standpoint determines your reality. Somebody's just here, you think that you can never find love because you've been that broken. That's the standpoint we're talking about. Somebody just thinks that I cannot excel in life because I didn't go to school. That's the standpoint you're talking about. Somebody just thinks that I cannot have a breakthrough. That's the standpoint we're talking about. Somebody just thinks that I have done so much wrong to some people that I should just know that my end will not be good. That is the standpoint we're talking about. That's the standpoint we're talking about. Because the truth of the matter, the truth of the matter is this. Life will always give you the template of many options. Life will do what? It will give you the template of many options. Even if you don't want to believe this statement I'm saying, why is it that when you write examination, they tell you to pick choices of school? Can't you just pick one and be sure that if I write this exam, they'll pick me here? Pick four choices. Four choice for university. Four choice for poly. Four choice for college education. And at the end of the day, none of those eight will even pick you. Peter, that's, that's, not, that's not. Can we work on this, please? Peter, that's not legit of an example enough. Okay, I'll give you one medical wise. You go to the hospital. No matter what your case is, doctors will still give you options. I went to a dentist recently just where to fill up my teeth. It was, I was actually not the patient, but I ended up being the patient. I went there for my wife so that she can fill her teeth. But I just felt like, they are filling my wife's teeth. Who could fill my own teeth too? So now, before the guy could do anything for my wife, the first thing he said was, he has to do this crux examination. In my mind, I'm like, sir, we are the one that came. We want to just feel. No need for cross examination. Just feel. He said, no. I said, you're a dentist. And now, after my encounter in that place, I changed my perspective about dentists. I used to think dentists were like big, big medical stuff. I mean, those guys are making money. The amount of money collected after I was done with my teeth. I said, wow. <laughs> so, he told my wife, he said, this, this, that, we're going to do an x-ray. I said, x-ray for teeth that we came to feel. He said, he needs to be sure that if he feels it, it will not block some part, block some part. I said, okay, go ahead. They were done with everything. Then it, the, when it got to the final stage, the next thing they said is, you have three options. Ah, for teeth that we just came to feel. The teeth is there. Nothing is wrong with the teeth. Just feel it. He said, three options. He said, is it that I use something, something because of the canal? Because of, I said, ah, ah, three. As he gave us good three options. That's medical-wise. And that's what life does to a whole bunch of all of us, including me. Life will always give you options. It's okay you are saved. It's okay you have the righteousness of God. It's okay the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. But guess what? You will not amount to anything until you travel out. You will not amount to anything until you sleep with this person. You will not amount to anything until you take this job. 
Now, I'm not even against praying. I'm not against praying. But guess what? If I really, really want you to be up from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. to pray, all I just need to do is send a prophet to you that you believe so much. And the prophet will tell you that the enemy of your soul is coming for you at this time. Trust me, that person will not sleep. Forgetting that the same scripture says, he that watches over Israel does not sleep. And does not sleep. So why am I doing vigil? When there is somebody that is watching over my soul, Somebody just think that I'm a failure. Why are you a failure? Because they say so. That's a negative standpoint. That's not a standpoint for a child of God. That's not a standpoint for a believer. The very first time I knew that I had the wisdom of God, and I told myself that tomorrow it's time to wake up, because I just realized that every time we came back home from school, when you collect your results, no matter, you know, how I many of you will bear witness with me? Something just tells you that you did so well in the exam, but, you're, but you still fail. You know, you know that you read. You know that something tells you that the answer I wrote on that answer sheet is the right one. But when the paper gets back to you, you just see this, this teacher. You know, when you come out of an exam and they ask you, Kill it, Obama, like ah, oh sure, 85, 90. Question me, gene, economy, answer. Just two. Then the result will come out, you see 42. You, are, you, know, you know, you start looking at me and say, where did I get it wrong? So each time I get back home, I used to feel like, mom, I wish you were in class. I wish you can see the way they are teaching us. Like it's very hard. Further math is very hard. Physics is hard. The only subject that was easy in science class was geography. For me, I don't know about you, the easiest class was geography and biology. Biology is a little easy. Just give the lecturer a good diagram of tilapia fish. <laughs> and I like the way they used to say that question. Label 10 parts. It's simple. Eyes, mouth, tail, things. Hey, just tell. You will just be a fool if you are trying to look for the internal part of a fish. What's your business with that? Out of 10, you already have six that is looking at you like this. So I get home, my mom will tell me, after she has seen my results, she's not just satisfied that I got 72, she's not satisfied that I got 75, she's like, so your mates are getting 100. Mom, you're not in class, nobody got 100 in that class. <laughs> then the next statement you hear from my mom is, just be careful, otherwise your sister will meet you in class. That thing used to fear me, because by the time I get to school, I'm in SS2A, my sister is in SS1A. The only difference between us is just a fence that divided or a block that divided the class. So the moment I'm inside the class, there's this fear that comes on me. Your sister will meet you in class. Your sister will meet you in class. Your sister will meet you in class. Then when you come to assembly ground first time and your principal steps up and is like, some of you, you went to the wrong class. You actually repeated. Ha! 20 of you. And we only 40 in the class. Ha! <laughs> Something just tells me I am one of that 20. <laughs> So I told myself, this statement of this woman will not come to pass. So what do I need to do? I need to wake up. What do I need to do? I need to study. Now this other negative part, you don't want to hear it. But I'm telling you, that's what I did. What do you need to do? Distract your sister. <laughs> if there was anybody that distracted my sister. I used to pray that there was never light in the night. Which was the reading time. And the only person that could put on the generator in the house 
was who? So intentionally, I will pull and pull and pull and pull. It will not work. So she will burn candle. And there's no way you can read with candle. Obviously, it's affect So I'll always distract her. Why? Because I did not, I, not that I didn't want her to succeed, but I don't want her to meet me in class. Because the, the, the woman already put the fear in me. So you just sometimes think you're a failure because somebody says so. You are actually not a failure. Reverend Sam says something I'll never forget. And I want to bring it in line with this failure. He says, stop feeling bad and stop feeling sad if somebody says you're ugly. Ugliness is a man's perspective. It's not a reality. It's not. So if somebody says you're a failure, that's how the person thinks. And guess what? Only failure thinks failure. So if you tell me you are, I'm a failure, I really look at you and I'm like, tell me your failure experiences. You just gave me your credentials that you're a failure. I'm not part of you. I'm not part of you. Life will always give you templates of options. Options that contradict the word of God. I said that before and I'll keep saying it to Jesus come. I will never organize a prayer meeting for you to move to your next level. I will never to Jesus come. You will never see THN do operation fire for fire for the next level. Operation break the jinx of poverty. Sir, to break the jinx of poverty, start giving. Start giving. Simple. I'll be wasting my time to bring you here to take 17 prayer points to break the yoke of poverty in your life. There are better things to break in your life than breaking poverty. You put yourself in poverty. You're actually not poor. You have something that somebody else needs. You have it. You have it. I think it's only in America that they are very, very irrational in some of their teachings. You can't try that here in Nigeria. I mean, if you try it here in Nigeria, they say, are, your pastor, are you sure your pastor is a real man of God? This your pastor is into the world and stylishly into church. I've been to a Baptist church in America and the pastor literally said, you can't come here and say you're broke. You can't come here and say you don't have money. You can't come here and say the government can't do nothing for you. God has given you so much on the inside of you that you can use to make money. Now the man I wanted to crack a joke. He said, just like you're a man, you're single. Some ladies are actually looking to get married. Go and marry. <laughs> You, 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 you can't say that in Nigeria. Somebody's going to say, at ah, this pastor, now what's soft, so cheap pastor. He's always in the world. What's the truth? What's the truth? Now, this stuff just came to Nigeria, and not that I'm trying to advise people to do it, but it's a medical uh, exposition that just came to Nigeria now, and I think a, a good number of ladies that are, whether you're rich or you're poor, a whole bunch of them are taking advantage of it. There are some women that don't have a womb to carry a baby. And you, you have womb. <laughs> like, your womb is just there. <laughs> now, to carry somebody's baby is not cheap. It's not 2 5 That don't pay you millions. Now, somebody say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but go online. It's the realistic truth. 
It's just been discovered. You can carry out. That it's not, not that they are coming to sleep with you. No. It's just a surgical operation. They plant the whole thing on the inside of you. And you, you so you are still a Virgin Mary. So you are still... <laughs> So when they ask you, you say, ah, you don't get belly. I'm saying you, I'm saying baby. So why are you still wallowing in poverty? When somebody needs a baby and is going to pay you five million, they don't have to sleep with you. You only just carry. So when you are coming inside church and I'm just like, ah, Balushi, where did you say? Pastor, why did you see me on my lawn? Praise God. Life will give you options that will contradict the word of God. Life will give you options that will partially support the word of God. Partially support it. Partially support it. Partially. Life will not give you options that will completely remove God. That's why we have the lives of Daddy Freeze. Completely remove God. No matter how much errors of a man of God that you know. There is a grace that you don't know about. Respect it. Respect it. Respect it. Respect it. But we have some folks that sit down, put iPhone and iPad, and they just say a whole bunch of things. Just yesterday, I stumbled I stumbled on his page. Sometimes I go on his page and I just check some stuff. So I stumbled on his page and he, he, he posted something. And the next thing he said was, he, he, he asked a question. He said, where's Pastor Chris? Then somebody commented and replied, Pastor Chris is there, the hairdresser, coiling his hair. Then the next thing the, the priest said, he said, no me talk camo before they use leprosy to come and uh, threaten us. Now, why did he come up with that statement? Because when he said some stupid things about Bishop Oedeko, it was the same hymn that came out again to apologize. There is a grace upon a man, not just men of God. Every man is a man of God. There is a grace upon a man. You must respect it. You must respect it. Did you think that the people of Israel did not know that David was an humanizer? Or is it just because of that little stuff of David you read in the Bible? David did. David is sure more junk. What's in the Bible? No, no his, his level was high. It's like saying I want to collect Brad Jimmy's wife. Then I tell Brad Jimmy, I give you a job inside Wolf. Because I know how to call your wife, I put you to work. And I tell the directors at the work, deep, deep inside the water, and he came out below. Am I fully marked so? Because I know he can't come out alive. The man was never trained for war. Why do I put him in the war from? Now, if David put the man to leave the war, because he knew he was going to die. The man, to out of foolishness, he was not wise enough. He was there, he said, ah, but why you to say he should leave Nigeria army to Sambisa for it? It's because he wants to kill me. Had I did not do police, I did not do cadet, I did not do man no war. You not give me bazooka. I say, yeah, leave Nigeria. What? I've signed my death warrant already. That's why people will always tell you the blow that knocks down a, uh, a boxer is not a heavy blow, it's the one that he was not prepared for. Sir, the day I wised up, was the day 
I went to meet one man. I was, I was pouring out my heart to the man. I was crying. I had to leave my father's house. I'm tired. Any day I'm fasting. That's when my mom and my dad is having quarrel. They're having issues. And me out of the church mind. And because the, my favorite verse is Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So I want to prove that I'm a peacemaker. I'll say, Mommy, come, let's talk. I'll first talk to Mommy. Mommy will say, Lord, bye sir. The foolish man will go and meet daddy too. I say, Daddy, let's talk. Daddy will say, yeah, it has finished. So they come to me. I'm not fighting your mommy again. I will now say, Mommy, come. Daddy, come. Two of you, sit down. All right, sit down. So I've spoken to daddy. He needs to stop this. I've spoken to mommy too. She needs to do this. But yeah, both of you embrace. I used to think I was the good boy. I was nest of king. I was feeling flat. And not that trouble will come again. I'm the one that chops it the most. So one man, they, they, when I went to meet the man, I poured out my heart to him. I said, I'm tired. I'm tired. Ah, why is why, why, why? Why is it every time I'm doing spiritual exercises? All these issues are always happening. And the man said to me, You have no place in trying to settle discord between your father and your mother. He said, You he said it's never your responsibility. He said, he, he said, the more you keep trying it, the more you are putting trouble on yourself. So just in case you are in this place and you are feeling fly, you are bringing trouble on yourself. And that was what I experienced. That's what I experienced. Sometimes I feel like, ah, can't you just have mercy on me? Now me set to fight last week. Oh. Because no matter how much God raises you, a son remains a son. You came out of that womb. You can't dictate for it. You can't. You can't. You can't. Options will make you remove God from the equation. You will never experience the best of God if you're settling for less. What did I say? You'll never experience the best of God if you're settling for less. The challenge is always sticking to what the word of God says. And that's actually one of the main issues we have in church. Everybody is excited for the word, but too many cannot stick to the word. Can I be honest with you this morning? You would always be attacked in the area of God's word that you understand. Someone said, Peter, are you sure what you are saying? The devil will be wasting his time trying to pursue your demons when there is a demon of greed already on the inside of you. He's wasting his time. He's wasting his time because he knows you understand that he's only giving that can get you out of poverty. That's the part he's going to attack the most. And Pastor, I said something here last Sunday. He said, God will not bless you once you have the cancer of greed. Never. Because a greedy man is a greedy man. If you roll with politicians very well, they tell you who to vote for and who not to vote for. Can I be honest with you? Now, it's okay to listen to debate. It's okay to be watching their profile to say, ah, this guy is good. Is nice. This person is nice. This person is nice. This person is a child of God. He's a pastor redeemed. This one is a Brajimis PA. He has the Holy Spirit. It's okay. It's okay. They say money amplifies a character that is already there. The only reason why you've not seen that character yet is because money never enters. Once money enters, he amplifies. A wicked man is a wicked man. 
A witch is a witch. Carry a witch to London, she's still going for a meeting. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. So, so one of the things I learned from my uncle, my uncle is like, politicians are always right. I said, no, you can't say that. Politicians are wicked. He said, a real politician, he can tell you who to vote for and who not to vote for. I said, how? He said, because they have rolled and dined with those people. They can tell what they can do and what they cannot do. Ah, so my uncle went further and they went on saying, he said, no, I just wish they can turn off the camera for this one. So my uncle went further and said, he said, he said, I am not surprised at what this person is doing. I'm not going to mention anything. I'm not surprised at what this person is doing. I said, how do you mean? He said, was he not part of those that were in one panel that covered up a lie that it was so obvious to the entire Nigeria? You should understand what I'm saying by now. Working for one old man, they covered an entire lie that was obvious. It was obvious that they brought this person down and they went there and covered it. Do not have pastor or bishop or prophet to the title. It's the same. It's the same. Why was it Judas that betrayed Jesus? And this was the same Judas that was treasurer. And the scripture said Jesus knew that he was stealing from the horse. Now, when they wanted to get Judas, they did not write letter to him. It's the same money that they offered him. Was he not satisfied with what he was stealing from the horse? That's because he had the demon of greed. He was never satisfied. He was never satisfied. I am pretty sure that it was Judas that said they should sell the remaining leftover <laughs> that they used to feed the 5,000. I'm pretty sure. You know, the Bible did not tell us. He said the disciples said, let's gather it and sell. I'm pretty sure. Judas. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. He was stealing from the boss. And it was the same money that they used to get so he was never satisfied. And I'm pretty sure the money was stealing from Jesus, but it's not small money. It's not too narrow. It's not too narrow. Because, this, see, for, for, for an owner of something to say the stealing is obvious, that means the money was huge. The offering they get in THN, if you take 500, 600, 1, 2, 1, 5, we'll not even feel it. But let's imagine we collect offering of 2 million. The one Mumuna goes to the back with gun, put it in Usher, and say, give me... 1.5 from that money. Sir, I'll look for you. <laughs> 1.5 from 2. Ah! Why didn't you take the 5 and leave us with 1.5? <laughs> I'll look for you. But if out of 1.5, you carry 250, 200 naira, 500, you say you want to visit my chance of here. If I will be coming every Sunday and be stealing, give me 300 naira. It was, it was obvious to Jesus that what this guy was ripping the people off was a huge capital. And for them to bring down Jesus, they had to bribe him. Now, guess what? They didn't bribe him with one cheap money. Not cheap money. Not cheap money. The challenge is always sticking to what the word says. That's the challenge. It could be very challenging. It could be very challenging. But the scripture remains the same. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Life has nothing to offer. Because the word of God is the roadmap to experiencing the best of God. The word of God is what? The roadmap to experiencing and enjoying the best of God. Many of us have been influenced by the world. Many of us have been rumpled down. The world has brought you down, crumbling. Get back and stick to the word. The truth remains the same. You are God's product and he wants the best for you. 
your what? Your God's brother. And he wants the best for you. You have to embrace that truth today. You have to. You have to. You are God's brother. And he wants the best for you. The word of God is the roadmap to experiencing the best of God. The word of God is filled with instructions designed to deliver the best of God to you. If there's anything that will bring the best of God to you, you have to stick to the instructions in the word of God. You must raise your sight and aim higher. You must be intentional about seeking the truth over every matter. And you must appeal the instructions and apply total obedience. Because complete obedience launches you into the capacity of God. Complete obedience launches you into the capacity of God. Complete obedience connects you to the fullness of God. That's why Paul said, I pray that you be rooted. That's an act. That's something you have to do. Abiding to instruction, sticking to this part of this obedience. That's what connects you to the fullness of God. So if you see any man that God keeps blessing, is because he's doing something for God. It's because he's doing something for God. He's doing something for God. There's a part you have to play. There's a what? There's a part you have to play. There's a part you have to play. Prosperity does not answer to prayers. It answers to obedience. You know, when I was preparing this story, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, you must include this in your notes. And I just want to say it for somebody who is taking notes. Listen, you will keep failing if you are taking orders from the wrong general. What did I say? You will keep failing when you keep taking orders from the wrong general. The best of God is revealed on the platform of obedience. The best of God is revealed where? On the platform of obedience. That's one challenging part. Because, right, Jimmy, can I be honest? It's very easy to take instruction. But the proof that you really love that instruction is when you obey and do what it says. Now, that obedience part, not the challenging part. That's the challenging part. That's the challenging part. Because while you are trying to obey, something is giving you room not to obey. You want to come and pay your tithes. That's when somebody says he needs, he has a need. Something within you just tells you, God says you have those lover and neighbors you love ourselves. I'm God, you can see his title, and I'm also helping it. Since Danny Free said we cannot be bringing our tithe to church, so I have helped her with my tithe. No. It did not say give your tithe to an individual. It says bring in your tithe into where? Into the store. So if your friend even wants help, tell her to come to church. That after you are paying the tithe, then you now meet pastor and say, Pastor, this is my friend. She has a need. I just paid my tithe. Well, if the pastor wants to be nice, he can. But if it's not like me, the Lord will bless you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the truth. It's just the truth. You enter, taxify, Uber, or whatsoever, or you are in a family place. You know, it's, 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 just, it's, it's very challenging that you're in a family and they keep reporting issues to you. And you know the truth is that this person just has to get closer to God. You are trying to be diplomatic about it. You're trying to be diplomatic about it. It can't work. It can't work. It can't. I told myself, if Jesus come, I will keep bombarding my uncle with messages, with 
Bible verse, with links of our services, with flyer, with my constant reminder. If I see anything, I will keep bombarding him. Because it will be on record that I exposed him to the truth. But some folks are here. One uncle will just tell you, Mama, send broadcast anymore. Then you will now remove the persons from your broadcast and say, well, What an uncle. <laughs> If it stops you from sending brokers, find another chip. Uncle, if it's brokers you don't want, I'll be doing direct message now. I'll send it to you directly. Bombard it. If that kind of uncle steps into your car, don't play him Ayuba. Don't play him Collinson. Put Victoria Residence there. Let him be here some pumps. Put Dunsu on Yeko. If uncle say, reduce it. Okay. This is my car. Choose an option. See that you get down or you stay here. And there's no way you can stay when it's on Tom, you're on Tom Milan Bridge. He doesn't have a choice. He'll follow you. God now bless you. You come down Tom Milan. You now hit one traffic. He doesn't have a choice. He'll hear the food truck. In fact, that's a food truck. Full harbor. He'll hear it. He'll hear it inside that car. Before you know, you just start hearing the uncle say, Ooh, I love my Toby Lamba. That's what they say. Say, ah, you can just see river. Say, ah. Because of you, you have set him up. Set him up. Set him up. Set him up. Sticking to what the word says. Obedience. We have those truths. Have those truths. Few things that obedience does to a man as a rapper. Obedience points you to greatness. How How did Abraham receive the promise? To be the father of nations. He was diligent in the place of obedience. He upheld obedience to the highest point. Obedience helps you to secure your path into destiny. Another thing obedience does is it it fast track the blessings into your space. Blessings that could take 20 years. Obedience brings it to you faster. Obedience keeps you close to God. Is, that, is there anything any one of us wants here? We want to be close to God. Only obedience will get you there. Because the truth of the matter is salvation already puts you in the family of God. Obedience keeps you closer to God. How do I know this? Your father and your mother gave back to you. But the closest to your father is the one that is always around your father. The truth. The truth. That's why God said, will I decide to do a thing? And not tell Abraham. That's the level I want to get to by the grace of God. That when God wants to do a thing in Ibadan, I'm the first person he tells. That should be your agenda. That should be your plan. That should be your aim. But pastor, I'm saved. Are you not saying I'm not close to God? You're already in the family. It does not mean you're close. It doesn't mean you're close. Till today, till today, my grandmother's house with all the rooms that are there. I literally have access to all the rooms. But there is one room that, before I enter, they must check my heart pulse. Because my heart will be beating. Ah, Pastor, why is your heart beating for that room? Is there a ritual there? No, it's my uncle's room. If there's anybody that gave me the beating of my life, it's that man. If there's anybody that... Corrected me in any way possible. It was that man. Something just tells me I do not have the boldness to enter his room. So guess what? If I'm standing in his door, 
I will knock. If he doesn't say pimp, my grandma growing up, she'll send us messages and say, go and give your uncle food. We will knock. Go, go, go. He knows we are the one, though. He won't say anything. He's inside, though. He can hear. Out of fear and trembling, you carry the food back downstairs. Grandma, uncle tired, did not answer. Say, go back and knock. Say, grandma, I'm not going. Send somebody else. Because somebody tells you that when you go back the second time, you might chop a slab for disturbing. So, till today, practically till today, I still can enter his room. If he wants to talk to me, I stay outside. When I came back from the US, it was like the only AC that works in the house is the AC in my room. So you have to sleep on my room. And his bed is big. So he said, you sleep on this side, I'll sleep on this side. I said, no, I cannot sleep on this side. <laughs> Something tells me that maybe when I'm sleeping and I use my leg to eat him, he can just, ah. So what did I do? I went to grandma's room, I went to pick banquet, and I brought it on the floor. Can I be honest with you? That was the room I had the shortest sleep. I started sleeping around one, three. Because something tells me if you wake up late, you chop it. That's just the way it is. So I'm not in it. If you're in trouble, it's there. Not in anywhere close. And that's the way it is. Now, am I not a part of that family? I am. But I cannot have food access into that room. That's why the scripture says, come boldly to what? To the throne of grace. The ticket has been given to you. You're already a member of the family. Upheld obedience and you will walk boldly to the throne of grace. Obedience commands favor your way. And lastly, let me say, obedience makes you the best. If you go to any organization and they are rewarding any staff, go and find out. They are not rewarding. They see, I don't think any organization rewards people for punctuality. They reward people for diligence and their commitment to the organization. Because if it's punctuality, the first to get there was actually the gate man. But you will never see that they gave gate man one blank check and say, for, your, for you are the most, you are the most uh, amazing staff. How many of you have seen gate men collect amazing staff of the year? Never. You just realize that the person who collects amazing staff of the year is just one guy or one lady that is always close to the MD, carrying the MD's bag, follows the MD home. MD closes by 11 p.m. It will close by 11 p.m. What is he doing? He's just staying there waiting for MD. Then you that in your house, you and your wife will hold hands, you pray for the company. They don't see your prayer. They don't. They don't. They don't. When I was growing up in Redeemed Church, they used to do one program. I'm sure they still do it. It's called Fire from Heaven. I redeem. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Right here at Bolumole. So the pastor will be preaching. Now the pastor's preaching does not start on the 6.45. Now if you are preaching at 6.45 and you want to end the service by 7, just like in THN, you say, no, no, it's not possible. We are here at 7.30 or 8. So one day, this pastor, is now inside the U.S., he got provoked. He just came up on stage. He said, before I preach, let me tell you guys the truth. You are a fool if you stay here after 7 and you know you lose your job. All of us are looking at him. Ah, is this man okay? Is he trying to raise a prayer? He said, you are a fool. If after 7, you are still here praying, and you know that you will lose your job. Ha! I was like, what's going on here? Like, about the parallel. And funny enough, that they wore jeans and polo. Just the pop. He said, you are a fool in this place as a student. You know you're supposed to be at school for eight. And your mom is keeping you here at 7.45. And you know from here to your school is 45 minutes. He's saying the truth. He's saying the truth. Prayer is not an excuse for work. It's not. 
you resume at the bank at 8. Then your pastor and your bishop is keeping you at work at church at 7.45. You are casting a demon that is not pursuing you. And why did the man para for all of us that Monday morning? He said because he's tired of people coming to meet him during the week saying, Pastor, I lost my job. How did you lose your job? Because you were getting there late. Why did you get there late? And you know, Pastor, you know, last week Wednesday, when we did that fire for everybody, it was so powerful. Go. Ah, we move back. Why go? Let me go. We share the wine. Anybody to So what now happened? Uh, pastor, okay. Say, Pastor, it's your man, Bobo, no, no. Oh, more we move back. Why talk about that? What they did, share by what they know that letter. How would they not give you that letter? You are meant to be at work for eight. You are doing prayer measure inside church. It's seven for the five. And you know people like that, when they leave church, they don't run out. They are still Christian. They say, ah, Brother Jimmy, that was powerful. The Lord is your strength. And might be meeting excellent men. They roll there. But not by me. But not by that they do it. Now, Brother Jimmy will not call his number for you fast, fast. He will still be waiting. It will be empty and I'll be glow. Two minutes has gone. Three minutes has gone. Now, that brother does not have a car. He doesn't have a bike. He doesn't have a power bike that will speed and make it to one before eight. He will still have to cross the road. Wait for Mika. The one Mika will pass. Bulelo, Jericho, 150. Kuba 70. Lala, Mika is gone. He's still waiting for the next Mika. He said, Jericho, Shani chain, you on the chain. I want to know I mean the chain. That Mika goes. The third Mika comes. He sees that there's only this inside the car and he's only guy. And you eventually still get to work late. Then you now start bombarding the pastor that you lost your job. I learned that truth that day and I told myself, I said, tomorrow you'll never fall a victim of this. Go to the US. People will walk out of the church. Because at the end of the day, you still have to pay your tithe. You still have to pay offering. You will now lose your job over a pastor that is doing job, his own job full time. This is my full-time job. You're supposed to be at work by 11. And you're still staying here enjoying Peter's teaching table. 11.45. That's your own. It's the realistic truth. You hardly hear most men of God say this. It's the truth. It's the truth. You know you will resume work the next day. You know you don't have enough capacity. You know that you need the sleep and strength. You know how tedious your work is. And you are going from VG to VG. You're going for, for, for what? For what? For what? You don't get to work. You are dozing. You are dozing. They reprimand you first time. Reprimand you second time. Give you query third time. And you are saying it's one auntie in one village that is doing you. I learned one thing from my dad before he passed on, which has now become a part of me. We keep shouting as the witches and wizards in the village. That's why I don't want to go to my hometown. They are the ones doing me there. Can we be honest with you? Those folks are looking for money. They don't have your time. A witch that eats probably once a day. It's not the one that is not. Because, see, there is no, there is no spiritual enchantment against any individual. Money is involved. <clears throat> if they want to carry sacrifice, no sacrifice is cheap. The head of cow costs a lot. The liver of a tiger. In fact, if that one comes free, you know what you faced before you took it out of the tiger. Is it palm oil? How much is this palm oil now? Is he a call? As cheap as a call is, it's still money. A witch would rather use that money to eat 
I'm using that money to be carrying unnecessary sacrifices. I want to do that my brother in Japan so that he will come back home. She doesn't have your time. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't. In my family, they used to have that belief that one auntie, one uncle is one this one. I came down to Nigeria and I realized that even that uncle and that auntie, they need help. Pastor Ebiyo may say something. He went to his village, I think somewhere in maybe Boney Island or something like that. So he came with Rolls Royce, Island and everything. So he now called all the witches in his household. So all of you come. See this fine car? They're here. See this fine car? They're here. See this escort? You see this car? Is everything? Let me get her. <laughs> you, come. How many sons you get? Two. Tell your son to take one car. Tell your son to take another car. So he was giving their sons cars. These are witches in his household. When it was not done, you know what he said? He said, see, your son don't get a car before. He don't get a car. They want your daughter too to have a car. If they burn you away, attack me. <laughs> it's the truth now. It's the truth. You want your life to be better. Me that will not help you. You're attacking me. Well, it will not just be better for everyone of us. Because of me. <laughs> it's the truth. Everybody, everybody just suffer. We all, we, all, we all just suffer. Obedience makes you the best. And obedience is a lifetime course. It's not something you do in January and you suspend in February. It's not something you do in March and you take vacation in April. It's a lifetime course. Check out the life of a man that is obedient to the things of God. Things just keep flowing for him. Amen? Things keep flowing for him. I close with this. If you want to experience the best of God, if you want to be his best, stop amplifying options. Stick to his word. What did I say? Stop amplifying options. Stick to his word. And lastly, stop settling for less. Stop doing what? Stop settling for less. Run with instructions. What did I say? Run with instructions. Run with instructions. The Lord already said to us in THN that this year is our year of gaining accurate insight. Knowing what to do for time. And I say this on the God. Check out a man that is passionate about instructions. He will never miss it in life. Yoruba will say, any barbarian no? I don't know about Nigeria, but I'm very conversant with the US when it comes down to GPS. No matter how much you know the road, no matter how much you know the road, GPS has something to say. What did I say? GPS has something to say. Has something to say. When you're driving your car, now this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. When you're driving your car, just said to me right now. When you're driving your car, you have a tendency to put the GPS aside, right? If I'm going from Challenger to Bodija, I can't drop GPS. I can't drop it. Even though GPS will show me shortcut, I can't. Why? Because I'm on the road. I'm like every regular person. I'm driving past Yagobu, I pass Quotas, I pass Aleshunoye, I jump to Aleshunoye, I do it. Then I get to Jericho. You can never do without GPS. If you're on the sky. No pilot will forget his GPS router. 
and take you from Muritala, thinking that you guys are heading to Itro, you will find yourself in Brazil. I'm telling you, because the truth of the matter is that in the sky, there is no road. There is no gala, gala, gala. There is no bala, kasara, bakala. There is nothing. There is no road safety that will stop you for speeding or say use your seat belt. There is no old mama you will meet on the sky. Maybe a witch that just come out from meeting and say, Hey, Martin, she no. No, 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 hey. No. No. You miss the road, you miss it. You can't say no, I was heading to London and I found myself in Brazil. The first thing they ask you is which GPS do you use? How, I say, how? And you cannot just say I landed in Brazil. You must land in a Brazilian airport. Now, how many airports does Brazil have? Now, for, those are questions I asked growing up. That grandma, is it possible for a plane to just land in our compound? He said it's not possible. Because it's heading somewhere. Because he decided to upheld the GPS and is heading for his destination. If you upheld obedience, you will get to your destination faster. On in that, no issue. No issue. Nobody will stop you on the road. Because they see that this one is obedient. I beg of you. I beg of you. Stop settling for options. It's one uncle that can help me. There's one auntie that can help me. I have to go to Lagos. I have to go to Abekuta. I have to go to Dubai. I have to do drugs. Oh, I have to do POS business. Oh, I have to start selling chemical. Oh, it's perfume business that is booming now. Oh, it's hair. It's Valentine's season. Start selling uh, Brazilian hair. Jama hair. Ibiakwe uh, hair. Ah, it's Valentine's season. Let me be careful. Let me not send it to my boyfriend so that I will know what his feelings. I must forget. Stick to what the word says. Do what God says. Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Many of the times, instructions don't make sense. Does it? It doesn't. My pastor said something here when he came last Sunday. And while he was saying it, I said to myself, I'm sure it was not Tomoa that left America. It was probably Pastor Tomoa that left America. Because the real Tomoa, ah, right, Jimmy knows what I'm talking about. I will leave the US. Those days I used to come to Nigeria, he knows. I just do two days, four days, I'm gone. I can't stand it here. Never. Between people shout, generator. Mikra. The height of it is when somebody tells you, I will not deliver that goose if you don't balance it by 1,000. How much is 1,000 to the goose you want to deliver? But I left because of the love I have for God. And you can't love God and not love His people. Did I imagine that I would see a whole bunch of you? No. I just knew that He will bring His people. Because I love Him, He will bring His people and I will extend those words to you. Comfort place is very sweet though. Some of you have been on the bed and someone just tells you, say, I will wish there is no walk today. I will wish there is no church. I just want to be on this bed. That's just the way it is. The comfort zone can be very deceiving. Options can be very deceiving. Very, very deceiving. Options, very deceiving. You won't make it until you marry. Who says so? 
too many broke married people. Have you seen people do wedding after wedding? They'll not be disturbing you for money. Then you ask yourself, why did you marry? Too many. Too many. I said something at our home training. And I had to tell them, I said, I'm not against those who do it. I think this is going to be my last statement. I said, I'm not against those who do it. Do I, can I do it? Yes, I can do it. It's just that I will have prepared very well before doing it. I told them at the home training. I said, I have nothing wrong with those that do 18 hours praying in tongues. 12 hours prayer meeting. Boost your immunity in the Holy Ghost. Camp people in a place. 18 hours, 24. Did you imagine that 14-year-old boy spoke in tongues for 22 hours non-stop? Mental Sabi said, if your tongues is sounding like reading, you are saying rubbish. <laughs> Go and check the video on his Instagram. He said, you are speaking, you are saying, Mama, 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 Sir, walk, walk out of that meeting. 18 hours. Now that's not even the point. After you're not done for 18 hours, you're not going to meet someone like Brad Jimmy. Say, Brad Jimmy, thank you for the 18 hours of tongue speaking. It was powerful. I got to the seventh heavens. I saw angels. They were making sense. I saw the street of gold. God, in fact, we are in a revival season. As in the kind of fire that is dropping on the people of God. God said they will start raising stones to be speaking in tongues. God said so, that some new men of God are operating in some new dispensation. I saw the new era of churches. I saw... God. Baba, thank you. Then after we are done, give him two days. Brad me please, I would like to see you. What do you want to see me for? Uh, I don't know how you can help me. As I have not eaten for two days. Baba, the question I want to ask you is, you went to the seventh heaven. You could have had angels for food now. You could have asked them for money. You think I'll see angel now, not ask angel for prosperity. Look at what Jacob said. I will not let you go until you bless me. So if you truly go to the seventh heaven, you can't come back empty and dead. If I should be me, that should be asking me, kill mubo. Just like one day, one lady messaged me and said, I asked the mom, I said, I've been calling your daughter, she's not picking my call. He said, hey, she's, she's, she's in trance. I said, when you should come back, they said, they, they said, most likely next week she will land. <laughs> now, this is not she traveled out of trance. me. <laughs> so the girl eventually came back. She now called me. She said, Apostle, I heard you've been calling me. I, I went to trance, I just came back. I said, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's probably watching right now because she's in the US. I said, welcome. The next thing is, I don't know if you can assist me. I need to pay for my, my phone bill. <laughs> what a lot of chance. We're going to get a now. Chance, my luck, babe. Ha! Seventh heaven. You saw angels. You saw elders. You saw seat of gold. Oh, she did go to the gold. I said, <laughs> <laughs> and he just caught, caught one gold. And, 
five kg of gold, we know how much Sabu will buy it from you. They say street of gold. That means if you cut any part in that street, they might not even know till you have landed. The truth now. If somebody removes something on this ring road here, it might take the next three third governments before they realize that something has happened to this road. That's why they put cage on all those generators that they put on the street because they don't trust the bad people. Somebody will go there and take the battery. That's the challenge. You are done with all this spiritual exercise. There is work to do. Just walk. After you are done eating hours, go and walk. What's the work? Doing the instruction that has been given to you. Go and learn. Go and help people. Go and learn something. Go and do work. Study the word of God. Stop the gossip. Stop settling for less. That's work. Me, in teaching, lead you to 18 hours speaking in tongues. I'd rather take all of us to some who will learn something in 18 hours that will fetch us money. That's the realistic truth. Come here for 18 hours. You now start lying on the floor. Say, yeah, this is unfair. You now wake up. The pastor, I saw angels. I think it was Reverend Victor that said he has a lot of friends that will tell him they saw angels, they saw angels, and they cannot even teach about it. That he that he has not even seen, he can teach about it. That stupidity of the highest order. Street of gold, Baba Soji. I will see this this ring gold cannot be street of gold. Me, Pastor Tomwa. I'm coming here at 2 a.m. I'm a 4 day day. <laughs> Maybe you know how to waste government money. I'll help you spend it. Street of gold. Street of gold. And you came back empty handed. You're asking me for TFA. And you didn't get there. No, you didn't get there. And you didn't get You are not even close. You are not close. Just like somebody's response to Mommy Jill. You don't need to come back and be telling us what you saw in heaven. You can't see heaven and say you want to come back. Never. Never. The only one you can see that you come back is if you saw hell. I will be in my sleep and see heaven. I will not say I want to come back. God forbid. God forbid. If, not, if any of you gather and you are praying, Lord, bring pastor back. I'll be cursing you for where I <laughs> Bring you back. Heaven, my lap, babe. was a redeemed church. Somebody came to me, the pastor, and said, the Lord just gave me visa, me and my family, to the U.S. We were right there in the pastor's office. And I said, Pastor, because of my commitment to redeemed church, because of my loyalty and my service to you, me and my family were just going to go for two weeks and we'll come back. Pastor, it's the 15th year <laughs> that he has been in London. No, is he still lawyer? He's lawyer. Is he still committed? He's committed. He's in the same location with the pastor. Even the pastor that he was doing the meeting with himself, the pastor has already said he's himself as Japa. He's in the US. The truth. So you come and meet me and say, Peter, I'm so loyal to you. I'm committed to you. I left that job because of you. You are a fool. Come on. It's a realistic truth. You can't see something good and walk away. You want to stay there. You want to do what it takes to ensure that you're there. That's why you see politicians always, they don't want to leave that position. They want to remain there. One that died several years ago, Lamadation, they asked him, why do you want to go back for 
for why did okay he lost second time. I think it was yeah he, he won first time lost second time so they, they were doing another election and I said he wants to go back and I asked him in this ways why did you why do you want to go back to become your state governor he said I forgot a few things at the, in the government house what are one of the few things you forgot I forgot my golden toothbrush in government house you now want to go back because he knows there's something good there and he has to go that's the truth is he going back there because of the governor no because of the benefits that are there if you are bidding and you abide in his presence you get close to him. You don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. Let's stop fooling ourselves. Stop settling for options. That's my message this morning. Don't settle for options. Options is nothing. It can't be compared to what the master has to give to you. Can't be compared. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast, and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today, and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen Podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you, and we celebrate you. Thank you.